chapter ten of tarano the conqueror by ray cummings this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by tony oliva georg escapes i come now to recount events at which i was not present and the details of which i did not learn until later fronted by tarano in those few seconds of confusion georg made his decision to escape even at the cost of leaving elza and me he murmured his hurried good-bye the moment had arrived he could see tarrano dimly through the sparks he leaped backward through that wall of electrical disturbance which surrounded us the sparks tore at him burned his clothing and flesh the shock of it gripped his heart but he went through crept for the balcony it was dark out there he would have rushed for tarrano instead of the balcony but as he came through the sparks he had seen that the barrier surrounding our tower was momentarily lifted argo had cut it off to admit tarrano a few moments before he had not yet replaced it absorbed doubtless in watching in his finder what tarrano was doing with us he must have seen georg reach the balcony and jumped then to replace the barrier but too late georg was over the balcony rail with a leap the insulated tubes were there upright gleaming tubes of metal extending downward to the platform below tubes smooth and as thick as a woman's waist georg slid down them the barrage above him on the balcony had been replaced he saw below him the figure of argo come running out a weapon in each hand the burning pencil ray swung at georg but missed him as he came down had it struck it would have drilled him clean with its tiny hole of fire then argo must have realized that georg should be taken alive he ran forward swung up at georg the paralyzing vibrations which tarrano at that instant was using upon wolfgar and me georg felt them he was ten feet perhaps above the lower platform and as he felt the numbness strike him he lost his hold upon the tube pipe but he had presence of mind enough to kick himself outward with a last effort his body fell upon the onrushing argo they went down together argo lay inert the impact had knocked him senseless and had struck his weapon from his hand georg sat up and for a moment chafed his tingling prickling arms and legs he was bruised and shaken by the fall but uninjured within our tower tarrano was still occupied with us georg leaped to his feet he left argo lying there ran over the spider bridge down a spiral metal stairway across another bridge and came upon the small park-like platform which stood at the bottom of the other tower he had passed within sight of a few pedestrians one of them shouted at him another had tried mildly to stop him a crowd on the distant terrace saw him a few of their personal flashes were turned his way murmurs arose someone at the head of one of the escalators in a panic pulled an alarm switch it flared green into the sky flashing its warning the interior guards 
seated at their instrument tables in the lower rooms of the official buildings had seen georg in their finders the alarm was spreading lights were appearing everywhere the murmurs of gathering people excited crowds an absurd woman leaning down over a far-away parapet and screaming an ignorant flustered street guard on a nearby upper terrace swinging his pencil ray down at georg fortunately it fell short for a moment georg stood there with the gathering tumult around him stood there gazing up at that small tower the tower wherein the princess maida was confined it was dark and silent black rectangles of doors and casements all open but barred by the glow of the electrical barrage surrounding it georg jerked from his belt the cylinder wolfgar had given him metallic short squat and ugly with a thick insulated handle he feared to use it yet wolfgar had assured him the princess maida was prepared he hesitated with his finger upon the switch button of the weapon but he knew that in a moment he would be too late a searchlight from an aerial mast high overhead swung down upon him bathing him in its glare of white his finger pressed the trigger a soundless flash of purple enveloped the tower sparks mounted into the air a cloud of vivid electrical sparks but mingled with them in a moment were sparks also of burning wood and fiber smoke began to roll upward the purple flash was gone and dull red took its place the hum and angry buzz of outraged electricity was stilled flames appeared at all the tower casements red flames then yellow with their greater heat the trim and interior of the tower was burning the protons georg had flung at it with his weapon had broken the electrical barrage the interference heat had burned out the connections and fired everything combustible within the tower a terrific heat it began to melt and burn the blenite footnote ten the upper portion of the tower walls began to crumble huge blocks of stone were shifting tottering and they began to fall through the glare of mounting flames and the thick black smoke footnote ten a cement or mortar used in stone constructions evidently partially combustible georg had tossed away his now useless weapon emptied of its charge he was crouching in the shadow of a parapet the city was now in turmoil alarm lights everywhere the shrilling of sirens roaring of megaphoned commands women screaming hysterically a chaos out of which for a few moments georg knew no order could come but his heart was in his mouth the princess maida within that burning building he had located the tiny postern gate at the bottom of the tower where wolfgar had told him she would appear the barrage was gone and in a moment she came a white figure appearing there amid the smoke that was rolling out he rushed to her a figure wholly encased in white etan footnote eleven 
fabric with headmask and tubes from its generator to supply her with air wolfgar had smuggled the equipment into her for just this emergency she stood awkwardly beside georg a grotesque figure hampered by the heavy costume its crescent panes of itanoid begoggled her footnote eleven a universal insulating fabric as rubber insulates electricity and asbestos bars heat behind him georg could hear people advancing a guard picked them out with a white flash the mounting flames of the tower bathed everything in red a block of stone fell near at hand crashing through the metallic platform upon which they were standing broken it sagged beneath their feet georg tore at the girl's headpiece lifted it off her face was pale frightened yet she seemed calm her glorious white hair tumbled down in waves over her shoulders wolfgar he she choked a little in the smoke that swirled around them georg cut in he sent me georg brenda don't talk now get this off he pulled the heavy costume from her she emerged from it slim and beautiful in the shimmering blue kirtle with long gray stockings beneath a spider incline was nearby but a dozen guards were coming up it at a run with the girl's hand in his georg turned the other way people were closing in all around them an excited crowd held back by the heat of the burning tower the smoke and the falling blocks of stone someone swung a pencil ray wildly it seared georg like a branding iron on the flesh of his arm as it swung past he pulled maida toward the head of an escalator a dozen feet away its steps were coming upward from the plaza at the ground level halfway up the first of an upcoming throng were mounting it but georg again turned aside he found maida quick of wit to catch his plans and agile of body to follow him they climbed down the metal framework of the escalator sides down under it to where the inverted steps were passing downward on the endless belts maida slid into one of them with georg after her his arms holding her in place they huddled there no one had seen them enter smoothly the escalator drew them downward above them in a moment the tramp of feet sounded close above their heads as the crowd rushed upward they approached the bottom slid out upon the swinging bridge which chanced at the moment to be empty of people down it at a run into the palm-lined plaza of the bottom of the city down here it was comparatively dim and silent the alarm lights of the plaza section had not yet come on the excitement was concentrated upon the burning tower above the crowd rushing up there left the plaza momentarily deserted georg and maida crossed it at a run scurried like frightened rabbits through a tunnel arcade down a lower cross street and came at last unmolested to the outskirts of the city the buildings here were almost all at the ground level georg and maida ran onward hardly noticed for everyone was gazing upward at the distant burning tower georg was heading for where wolfgar had an arrow secreted a mile or more they reached the spot 
but the arrow was not there they were in the open country now venia is small plantations an agricultural region most of the houses were deserted the occupants having fled into the city as refugees when threats and orders came from washington the day before georg and maida came upon a little conical house it lay silent heavy shadowed in the starlight with the glow of the city edging its side and circular roof beside it was an incline with a helicopter standing up there on a private landing stage georg and maida rushed up the incline a small helicopter its dangling basket was hardly large enough for two a basket with a tiny safety plane fastened to its outrigger in a moment georg and the girl had boarded the helicopter she was silent she had hardly said a word throughout it all the helicopter mounted straight up its whirling propellers above sent a rush of air downward these batteries said georg the guards in venia can't stop us an arrow even if we had it i doubt if we could get power for it they've shut off general power by now i'm sure she nodded yes no doubt as they mounted upward the city dwindled beneath them dwindled to an area of red and green and purple lights it was silent up here in the starlight a calm windless night cloudless save for a gray bank which obscured the moon ten thousand feet up then fifteen the city was a tiny patch of blended colors light rockets occasionally mounted now but their glare fell short georg's mind was busy with his plans had the helicopter been seen it seemed not no rocket light had reached it and there was no sign of pursuit from below maida crouched beside him he felt her hand timidly upon his arm felt her shy sidelong glance upon him and suddenly he was conscious of her beauty his heart leaped and as he turned to her she smiled a smile of eager trust which lighted her face like a torch of faith in the spire of a house of worship you are planning she said you know what it is we must do he said i think so the volan footnote twelve out there is large enough for two you'll trust yourself to it with me you're not afraid are you footnote twelve a small winged board without power used for emergency descents by volplaning down from disabled arrows oh no she said what you say we must do we will do we must go higher maida then you see he told her his plans and mounting up there into the silent canopy of stars his fingers wound themselves into the soft strands of her hair which lay upon him and his heart beat fast with the nearness of her told her his plans and she acquiesced twenty thousand feet the cold was upon them shivering himself he wrapped her in a fur which the basket contained at twenty-five thousand they took to the volplane it was a padded board a dozen feet long 
and half as wide released it shot downward a hundred feet or more with the heavens whirling soundlessly then georg got the wings open the descent was checked the stars righted themselves above and once again the earth was beneath they had strapped themselves to the board and now georg undid the thongs together they lay prone side by side with the narrow double-banked wings beneath the line of their shoulders and the rudder tail behind them flexible planes and tail responding to georg's grip on the controls fluttering uncertain at first like a huge bird of quivering wings they began their incline descent a spiral then georg opened it to a straight glide northward rushing downward and onward through the starlight in a wind of their own making which fluttered the light fabric of maida's robe and tossed her waves of hair about her a long silent glide with only the rush of wind it seemed hours while the girl did not speak and georg anxiously searched the sky ahead underneath them the dark forests were slipping past but inexorably coming upward they were down to five thousand feet then georg saw at last what he had hoped prayed for but almost despaired of a beam of light to the northward the spreading beam of an oncoming patrol it was high overhead but it came forward fast a sweeping keenly searching beam and finally it struck them clung to them and presently the big patrol vessel was almost above them it hung there a dark winged shape dotted with colored lights a signal flash a sharp command to georg but of course he could not answer then the director's finder picked them out the volan was fluttering spiraling slowly as georg struggled to hold his place and then the patrol launched its tender it came darting down like a wasp a moment more and georg and maida were taken aboard it the volan fluttered to the forest unguided and was lost in the black treetops now no more than a thousand feet below surrounded by amazed officials maida and georg entered the patrol vessel georg brenda escaped safely from tarrano the brenda secret released from tarrano's control the director flashed the news to washington and to great london orders came back a score of other vessels of this patrol division came dashing up a convoy which soon was speeding northward to washington with its precious messenger End of chapter ten